This is the Future of the Future show. I am your host, Mateo Berbejillo. Mirko Consolacio, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Mateo. Thank you, Mateo, for this opportunity. So let me maybe introduce uh, let me introduce myself briefly. So my name is Mirko Consolacio. I am actually from Switzerland. I think I'm going to explain a little bit more later. I'm currently the CEO of Bluemetrics. Uh, Bluemetrics is is a company providing a proprietary platform for authoring system uh, in the research, in the financial research space. Very nice, very nice, Mirko. And today we will be talking about what it means to be a global citizen. And to do that, we're going to talk about your story. It's a very interesting one. I heard a little bit about it, but I want the audience to start from the beginning. So where did you grow up? <laughs> sure. Uh, I think it's, you, you start very, very far. So look, I grew up between two different small villages in Switzerland. Uh, one is in the very south, uh, is Bacallo, very small, uh, very close also to Lake of Como. So pretty much I'm jumping from the window of my mom's house and I'm in Italy from Switzerland. And the other part of my life, or youth at least, I grew up in the middle of the Alps in Engadin, very close to St. Moritz. Uh, and I totally just uh, explained to my son uh, the other day that I was, I was going to school with ski. Uh, and right. it's a true story. And for those who, who are not that familiar with the area, it's really like a postcard, the mountains, the snow, um, the, the, the very, like everything it's on it right, it's on it, on its right place. I mean, when, when I think about Switzerland, I think about a place that is tidy everywhere. Like everything is well structured, even small towns, right? Is that correct? Will you describe it? This is, this is correct. I think I, I, I. Could say we can stereotype in Switzerland with the Alps, the mountain with the snow, uh, very high peaks, uh, a lot of chocolate, a lot of cows, milk, uh, Swiss knife, and be on time. And like you said, everything is very tight, very tiny, uh, because we don't let a lot of space. Very good. What did you study and why? I study economy. Uh, starting in uh, in uh, the very south of Switzerland, and then I continue my study in Zurich. Um, why? Uh, to be honest, I don't remember. I, I <laughs> think one of the reasons, uh, I think maybe was because I didn't want to work for my father, construction company. Um, I think early stage, I, I just wants to travel. I just wants to see the world. Uh, and that's probably uh, economy uh, in, in, in general, finance, give me this opportunity. Was it... Um weird or, or a tough moment where you uh, told your parents you wanted to to study um, economy instead of just going into construction? Yes and no. Um, well, I got lucky because my, my brother, who's younger than me, uh, he, I, I decided to, to study and he decided to start working immediately at the construction company. So I was lucky that at least I have a continuation, or at least for the legacy of my, fa of my, my parents. Um, definitely was a shock when I said I won't move away. I was to leave the house and uh, instead of just stepping a couple of maybe kilometers away, just like, no, I'm leaving. I'm leaving Switzerland. And uh, that definitely was a, an initial shock. 
When did you realize you wanted to leave Switzerland, go out and see the world? When I was 17. Uh, when I was 17 years old, um, I spent some time in Munich uh, just to learn a German, uh, maybe for people that are not familiar, but uh, Switzerland has four official languages, uh, Italian, French, German, and uh, Romance, which is a mix between Italian, French, and German, kind of like a mix in between three languages. So I decided to to go to Munich. Um, my family sponsor, uh, I think, it was nine months totally. And I remember vividly uh, that that they brought me, my mom, my dad, my brother. They brought me to Munich in uh, this Studentenheim with the house of you know the student. And of course, my mom recommend me. Please call me every day. Just tell me how it's going. And I think about three weeks later, the local police officer knocked on my door. Um, when I opened the door, completely shocked. He kind of he remind me, just call mom, please, do me a favor. She recalled three times the police station. <laughs> and uh, and then of course you know the the shock etc. But I really enjoyed the culture. At least I enjoyed learning the culture, the local, um, you know element that's that's what probably spark that was a nice policeman with a very nice approach he took the time yeah when they met you and told you remember to call your mom well you know you don't know my mom so she could be <laughs> extremely forceful so <laughs> she was very very effective in getting in getting that policeman convinced that he needed to do that nice. um nice what was your first job um Foreign currency dispatcher. I think it's a job that doesn't exist anymore. Um, 1990, so many, many years ago, many decades ago. And uh, for some people that maybe remember uh, in, in the bank, there was the FX trade um, desk. And my job was literally waiting at the FX trade, uh, a swift, a telex or a fish. We call it a fish, like a piece of paper and run from this desk into Uh, the accounting side to be able to transfer the money to to you know the, 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 the was the order uh, someone what has to key in uh, back then in systems to be able to transfer uh, update the accounting a bit a bit the, the the system related to the investment of the the foreign exchange uh, currency and that was my job running around and that's probably why my passion of marathons uh, or even efficiency and effectiveness in process because I I think I learned quite quickly how inefficient some of the processes are. So, the, the, Lots of uh, operations training packed into one job. Um, that was, a, was that at Credit Suisse already? It was a Credit Suisse. I started um, March 1st, 1990. Um, I still remember today my, my father, I think I was 17 and a half or, or 18 uh, when I came back from, from Germany. And my father took me to the manager director in the subsidiary. Uh, Credit Suisse at, uh, in Switzerland is almost like a retail bank. It's very small. Uh, you have a lot of subsidiary. And uh, remember my father told to this manager, uh, giving the authority to slap me in case I didn't do the job. So just straightforward. They, they were friends. They grew up together. Very good, very good. Um, And so we talked about your first trip outside of Switzerland to, uh, or at least uh, work uh, um, study-wise when you went to Munich to learn German. Um, with Credit Suisse, you started traveling a lot. What was the first trip that you remember with Credit Suisse? 
Sure. Um, well, you can imagine, Matteo, that I was not very pleased with the job that I was doing as a dispatcher, uh, running up and down, left and right, just relatively for a piece of paper. And so I decided relatively quickly to to move to Zurich, um, uh, transfer to Zurich, uh, and I did several jobs from relationship manager uh, in small subsidiary, uh, which I learned it was fantastic to me to learn Swiss German, the local dialect. Uh, which uh, it also helped me to get very quickly um, familiar with the culture, and also got, I got friends. I made a lot of friends, and then moving from there to credit mortgage unit, uh, managing several projects in the back office, and ended up soon into the project management space. The first trip was to London. Uh, to run a project related to T&E, Travel Entertainment Optimization. Big scale, uh, Credit Suisse back then, I don't, I don't know now, but back then it was spending millions of travel entertainment with all the employees. And there was process optimization, again, efficiency and effectiveness. After London and all the experience with project management, I traveled quite a lot. I moved about, I think, 13 times in my life. Uh, from country to country to region to regions, and always with the common denominator to be uh, project manager, program manager, manager of teams, um, and leverage his experience. And acquired, every single time that I was moving, acquired a little bit more about uh, the operation within a firm, in this case Credit Suisse, the culture, be able to match the different culture, to be the bridge between the different cultures, uh, not only at division level, but also regional. Did, you, did you see... Um... Lots of opportunities to improve the culture and and to improve the communication even within divisions in same country. Yes, yes, it was uh, definitely the change process. Uh, definitely was an important element and factor of success of the project that that I was running and I'm still running today. Right, is um, create a little bit of empathy uh, for both sides. Uh, but sometimes the Monday was coming from Zurich and I need to implement in Tokyo. Uh, or, you know, the mandate was coming from Singapore and I have to embrace employees from Hong Kong or Sydney. And languages are different, culture are different. And by, for example, enabling uh, empathy or even sometimes force a bit the understanding for the other side, uh, you bridge culture. And how deep do you get into the culture, right? I mean, like London, you're coming from Switzerland, you go to London. Um, whenever you relocate, what does that mean? How much do you bring with you? How do you get an apartment? How much furniture do you care about putting in that? What, what, explain a little bit what it means and how deep do you go or how light do you travel in terms of, hey, I don't really care, you know, I backpack and that's it. Oh, well, so my first time that I really moved outside Switzerland, I, I, I think I, I left with a backpack and uh, like, a nice, like a nice bag with my document inside. And that's it. Very light. And I knew it. 
you know, the company also helped me out with corporate department. Uh, sometime I would stay in hotel in, in, for several months, but it was very light. I was young, no commitment or commitment for the work. The last time that I moved, I think I moved from Zurich um, back to New York. Uh, we had like a 27 or 28 long food container with everything inside. Stroller for because I have a, a newborn and uh, you can imagine, right? Everything. Um, in the meantime, in, in the middle, uh, many, many options, many, many ways. Sometimes I was literally leaving with just uh, my luggage and that's it. Um, Sometimes I was relocating some furniture. Sometimes I bought it everything, I sold everything, get it in, get it out. Sometimes it was just like very frugal, very, very simple. Uh, I found the best way to, uh, it's wrong to say to survive, but, but to learn and get with the flow is to learn and, and deep dive in the culture. Um, if you fight, um, you will be full. And, and let me elaborate a little bit. Every time that you're going into any culture or any location, it's better to, why, why you want to actually have your cheese from Switzerland or you, your hamburger for US? You need to learn the culture. You need to actually savory, uh, food-wise, language, everything which is locally to empathize, to understand. And then the beauty is, is use a bit of your experience, where you're coming from. Uh, I'm Swiss. I will never, I will never dislearn to be Swiss, you know, on time, precise. Uh, and I have some culture background that I will always take it with me and I'm leveraging, I'm sharing with people. Nice. And uh, when you, when you do that deep dive, I like it by the way, very much do a deep dive. Don't fight it. You know, just go with it and, and savor it. I love what you just said. Do you often do that on your own? Do you leverage the local relationships that you have in each place? How do you, what's the best place to do a deep dive in a local culture? Um, <clears throat> you can use a lot of, um, I, I learned to use a lot of, uh, a lot of way. Um, could be, sometime I was, going to a local pub or restaurant or bars, go outside, the nightlife. But then, of course, with the age, you know, you change a bit, right? You, I'm not, I've never been the type to go outside at midnight and come back at four o'clock in the morning and party all night. Um, the best vehicle for me was sport. Uh, do sport, be in the nature. And it could be simple as running or cycling or more sophisticated uh, sport. We even just stay outside in the nature. And how many times I was going outdoor and just took a hike. And then you start crossing people and you socialize. You start discussing. And then from socializing, you go on, on a bike ride together. And then suddenly you are in a, in a, in a cycling club. And then for cycling club, uh, they invite you for dinner. And then for dinner, you go on a, together on a vacation. And then you build up the culture the built up, the bonding that you find in the local environment. Do you stay in touch with a lot of different people that you met during all of these trips? How do, uh, and, and if you do, how do you manage to stay in touch? I do. Uh, we got lucky in the last, how much now, day, two decades with Facebook, for example. 
uh, it's very simple, much simpler than before. Uh, I remember before writing letters, phone calls, yeah. sometime even pick up, you know, take a flight and go there once in a while to, to keep in contact with people. Now with Facebook or other social media, it's so much simpler. Uh, you got a reminder for the birthday and then the, you called person or you posted something and you expand, uh, you, you, you spend your, 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 your options for sure to keep in contact. And then, at least to me, um, I did multiple time holes in the past sharing houses you know, I come to my apartment, I come in your apartment, or, or come with your family, and then I'm coming to your, right? Or even even get together for a vacation sometimes. Yeah. I, I also lost a lot of friends, not because I want it, it's because the time it is what it is. It is hard. As, it is you, hard. as you continue to grow up and then your, your children start taking so much time and space, it's hard to keep up with it. different That's friendships. That's correct. And and sometimes, Matteo, there's also a friend that I lost. And sometimes they're bubbling up, right? They're coming out to the surface. Oh, I forgot the guy. Oh, let me call him. Or I saw a thread in Facebook, for example. Yeah, oh my goodness, I know this guy. Let, let me call him. And then you get in contact again. And that's his became, it, it kind of, it kind of create this memory, this legacy that you left behind. And now it is so important because now I have a son and I'm passing over. I've been there. I've been in Singapore. Yeah. I've been in Hong Kong. I've been in San Francisco. I know this. I know this guy. And passing over to my, 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 my son is almost like you realize how much you did, where you've been, and he look at you as a, as a guide, as a guidance. Yeah. Do you, um, when you travel, let's say, you know, Blue Matrix, you you, you got to travel to Barcelona. I'm just picking up a city randomly. Try. You know someone, they go like, hey, you know, Facebook, I'm going to Barcelona. Let me know if you're up for drinks. Absolutely. Every time. Um, if I have friends there locally, why not? Sometimes work, sometimes doesn't work. Um I, I try at least, and, and then they do with me. Uh, they also do with me when coming. I'm lucky to be in New York, uh, and New York as a metropole is very uh, central of, of a lot of trips. Uh, also from coming from Europe, for example, um, they're arriving. We are going. They're going. They stay in the apartment, uh, in my apartment, our apartment. Excuse me. Um, and yeah, you, you you just you you try to maintain the social bonding that that we built. Let's go back to all of the relocations you had. And then um, at a certain point in time, you, you almost had a goal to visit more and more countries, right? Tell me a little bit about, you had like a, a trip around the globe type idea? I did. Well, it was not an idea. It was more a mandate from uh, back then the division that I worked for. Uh, we developed uh, a tool internally and then was mandate to they give it to me in a mandate i have two options and back then there was not zoom or or meeting place or something like that, that you can do visual video training and i have two options either to do by phone uh, the training or they give me a certain budget and uh, literally go in every every location that i have to train the people so i decided it was a long trip about six months and it was an amazing experience. I, I bought uh, a round-the-globe ticket, one way, 
I have to really use sort of airline of a certain circle, and I have to be always going in one direction um, around the globe. Um, I couldn't go back, right? And it was fantastic. Uh, sometime I was literally going into a location, train the people, take a cab, go back to the airport, fly out, and literally sleep at the airport or in the plane. Sometime I would stay for a couple of days. And for six months, I went around. Uh, I don't remember how many countries I visited. It was a lot. How many cities I did, a lot. How many experience I made it. I still have a collection of um, um, this, this swag, this goodie they give you at the airline, um, the flip-flop, the, the, the mask, or still, still somewhere. How many I collected when I did all this trip. And it was fantastic. Besides living at, in any a lot of airports, but also the different culture, uh, the idea to move in, move out, uh, get to the next mandate, carry on a little bit all the time of the experience that I made in the prior session, training-wise, or people look at it, you arriving, who is this guy, and then use this to the next to the next location. What was it? It was uh, time tracking. Uh, there was uh, time tracking, a little bit more complicated, more sophisticated, just to time tracking. It's just more uh, collection of the time, operation, um, optimization of the workforce, uh, training the, the manager how to use the data to create efficiency. Um, wow. It was kind of the predecessor kind of, of some of the uh, legal time tracking that is used out in, uh, right now in the legal industry. But mostly for managers, and, and, and so you are training managers on how to help their teams uh, track time? Yeah, I was actually training user, end user, manager, manager the manager, uh, and of course, uh, CEOs. There are also significant stakeholders to be able to use this data and capture it, uh, result to oversight the performance, the workforce. Did you ever, during those six months, maybe month five, are you getting tired, like, oh, I want to go back? Or are you, like, thinking, what's your next destination once you finish this uh, round trip around the globe? Yeah, of course. Um, I would lie to you. Yes, of course I was tired. Um, I have a mandate. I stay. I need to stay on top. Of course, it was also, what next? After these six months, what is my next journey? Uh, and what I'm going to do for the future? But it was definitely rewarding. Uh, for sure, with the experience that I that I collect. Do you have any favorite city or place in the world? San Francisco, no doubt. Um, I spent almost a year and a half, and uh, still today, a lot of people told me that that changed dramatically, and I haven't been back. Uh, but um, I'm still fascinated by uh, the combination of the ocean, uh, the hills, the desert. Uh, capable to be within an hour in the mountains and 30 minutes surfing. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I did. Um, I, I didn't travel nearly anywhere as much as you did, right? But in my honeymoon, we, we started at Vegas and then we drove to Yosemite and then we drove to San Francisco and then we drove all the way down to La Jolla. So we did all the big tour and everything. And I have to agree, San Francisco is a great city. Um, 
haven't been there since 2014. So like you, I've heard a lot of things. I don't know how it's looking today, but I probably would still like the city, right? Regardless of some of the stuff that may be happening. Exactly. Exactly. Um, can you live anywhere or do you like more crowded spaces, more quiet places? Does work drive it? Do Look, you drive- I, Look, I, I relocated, I, I mentioned to you, I've been relocated 13 times. So I relocated 13 times over 32 years. Um, I learned actually to, um, to adapt to the environment and to balance what I need in any potential location that I am. Um, my home is me. Uh, it, that's what I learned to be. Um, there is, of course, uh, my preference, right? I rather prefer being the nature, uh, but also need to balance. I need to balance with people around. I cannot be just by myself. At least it's, it, it is me. I, I need a quiet place, but also a bit noise. If it's too quiet, is something is wrong. If it's too noisy, something is wrong. So I need to have this balance of mix. Great. Um, so let, let's switch a little bit to some of the sports that you practice. Tell us a little bit about that. What do you do today? Huh, too many. Spend too much money and too many for this one. Um, born in Switzerland, um, definitely I started skiing when I was very young. Uh, I, re- I think I, I probably started skiing when I was two years old. Uh, walking around with skis and then you go to school, as I mentioned, and you're on a team soon, and, and that's that's your nature. It became as your second nature. Um, a lot, a lot outdoor sporting, uh, mountain biking, road biking, running, uh, climbing, but also a lot of sport related to speed. Um, nevertheless, skydiving. That is definitely probably my latest passion since uh, now probably a decade. Um, I've never been a really team sport fanatic I don't I'm not this fan my son loves soccer it's not for me definitely it's not for me probably for my my, my father my grandfather um, but I like the speed and and for example now skydiving give me a lot of emotion still today uh, related to what I need outdoor speed uh, a little bit of extreme the adrenaline uh, the fact that you you consider yourself a little bit unique because you you jump it from a perfect airplane, and and and, and this sport gave me he gave me quite a lot. I have to admit. Is it what what do you do, do you, you're getting that speed that it's creating emotions and but you're also feeling in control. Is there a little bit of uh, a you know, a challenge, but also a challenge you can overcome. Is there a satisfaction that comes with, I'm taking this huge challenge, but I'm able to control it? Absolutely. Um, look, is any sport, right? Any activity that you do, and there is a little bit of, in, in us, something that you want to excel, who uh, run wants to finish a marathon within a certain time, and next time it's going to be a minute earlier or faster. Um, a, a cart a, a cart racer wants to get faster to around a track, and to me, it's more like the the fear to not be able to do it, and then overwhelm this fear. Arrive, I'm in control. I like it. I love it. Let's do. Let's do a little bit more. 
right? And and it's always been a little bit my nature. And it's not competing, it's almost competing with, with against myself. And not only competing with any other competitors across, you know, get faster because I need to be the first one. It is a little bit of me get better, getting control. And something that I can enjoy it. Do you do you ever get um does any sport get to bore you because you go like oh you know I have this it's like super in control I don't get scared anymore no uh no uh I I, I got yes I got bored very fast <laughs> to answer your question uh but it's not because oh I achieved that it's more like I did it um I it's always been in my nature that I know what I don't want but I don't know what I want. And that's why it's always discovery something new. And that's why I try a lot of activity. And when I'm switching from one sport to another sport, it's because, not because I don't like what I did, it's because I want to do something else. And I would like to discover something else. I would like to taste more. So <coughs> it's not, okay, I achieved that. That's it. Boring. It's more like, okay, I, I, I did it. And I love it. And I... I will go back once in a while, but I can do something else. Is there any new sport that you're already thinking on in the horizon or skydiving is the thing for now and for the, for the following years? Um, I don't know yet. I, I don't know. Uh, I have to admit, uh, Matteo. Um, I've been uh, looking recently, the last three years, I'm doing quite a lot of road bike. Uh, which I, I was doing a lot of mountain biking, now I do road bike. Um, I, I started redoing marathon, um, which I stopped for many years. Um, I don't know exactly what kind of sport is going to take me next. Something with speed, probably, um, but I'm not too sure exactly what. Uh, and also, I need to have the time. Yeah. I need to give up something. <laughs> Where does the inspiration typically come from? Is it a friend? Is it a sport? You know, someone that you share something, some of your friends, do you do skydiving? Like someone says, I tried this sport, you should try it. Or or are you do you see something on the TV or you read something? It's a combination of a lot of uh, channel. Um, um, reading something um or wa watching the TV for example definitely is a is a is a nice uh, is a nice kind of like idea generator for sure for activity for sport in general skydiving is a bit of a unique history um I wasn't up actually I was funny enough I was in San Francisco I think the first weekend and uh, I almost uh, skydived by accident I say not not because of the plane an issue on the plane but um, driving the car around San Francisco area, I saw parachute coming down and uh, I went to the local drop zone, start asking questions and in the afternoon I was on the plane jumping. Yeah. It was not planned, uh, it was not premeditated and uh, it just, just randomly, just uh, very simple uh, happened. And then some of the sport that I, that I practice, it's just like, oh, let's try, let's do it. If I don't succeed, I try it. And if I succeed because I like it, let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. Adventure all the way. Absolutely. <laughs> um, 
switching to another topic now, what are your thoughts on technology, innovation, and some of the things we're seeing today? Fascinating. Um, a lot of people, even recently with artificial intelligence, they are extremely intimidated, thinking about they're going to lose their job or um, they need to suffer from this injection of, of new new way to operate. Um, I am very positive. Of course, there's going to be some change. Um, we need to always be ready to adapt and changes. I see the opposite direction. I see that actually potentially new technology can bring new work, new job, even for my, my son, for the new future generation. They probably actually start looking into um, job that don't even exist today. They don't. And, and we have the unique opportunity to, to, to look into, absorb, be part of, of it, this innovation and we need to adapt. Who knows? Artificial intelligence can alleviate some job that we don't want it, that we don't like it. And now we need to move to something that we should focus on it, that we would like to focus on it. Uh, I used recently artificial intelligence, at least to me, to rewrite text, for example, to give a proposal, to give some analysis that I will take much, much longer. But then I'm using the safe time to do something that I like, that I like to do it. And that's, I think, look, I remember when I started 32 years ago in the bank, typing letters via a typical mechanic machine. And then when this IBM Olivetti machine with the ball, they're going left and right with the big green screen, they were intimidating. Oh my goodness, now we learn it. Then came the computer, and now is something else, right? We're still here, we adapt, we know, we learn, and we progress. And that's, to me, supposed to be the posture, is we progress, we should always progress. I like it very much. Um, what would be your advice for your children? It's, this is like kind of a hard question, right? But or how would you like them to 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 leverage everything that's going on, right? When you think about your children, look, I our children, I'm, I without a doubt they will have a bright future. They have a fantastic opportunity to learn um, new technology. And I can give you an example. My son, even recently, they observed that technology that that is exists today, and they embracing in a completely different way that we did, because we were already actually adult. Um, the advice is to them is try, explore, try again, try again, fail, try again. Don't be too concerned to what you don't like. But concerned to what exploring, because the more you explore, the more you can find. Again, you need to know what you don't like and be angry to see if you like something else. The more and more. Um, my son the other day, um, he asked me for using my iPad. He has his own iPad and he wants to use his my iPad, right? And he's this game Roadblock. And he created an avatar. And the idea was to see his, 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 his avatar, how we react in a virtual reality. And he's eight years old. So you have combined two 
screen and he was playing with one hand and, and looking to, and, and play with the other iPad and, and see himself. It was fascinating how at eight years old, he's leveraging technology just for a game. Think about it in the future. Simulation yeah. of operation. Um, you know, everything can be in a virtual reality and then translate in reality and back again to simulate. And don't make the mistake that, that you and I did in the past. So it's fascinating. It is. It is. Very interesting times we live in. Um, for anyone listening to us, right, some people like traveling, some some people not as much, some people have travel when they are asked to go there, go there. What will be your advice, right? There's a lot about your mindset, about adventure, about exploring, about uh, taking the experience in and just gaining from that experience. Is that what you, what will you say to someone? Like, hey, if you have the opportunity to travel, think about it this way. Yeah, a couple of maybe three advice. Um, I think the one I mentioned before, uh, your home is you. So you're always taking a little bit of your home, or a little bit of your personality, your road, uh, where you're from, etc. always with you. So, um, and with that, also try to um, empathize with the local environment. Uh, could be the food, could be the language, could be the culture. If you swim against, first of all, you're not going to change a city because you are there. Uh, the city is probably going to change you first or I'm making a, a city, but it could be a country, it could be a place, etc. And be empathic is going to help you out also to understand not only the local people, but also let you um, submerge by, by, by other people. Get friends, do friends. And the third one, probably repeat multiple times, is try to understand what you don't like and, and be open to test what you could like because maybe you will like. So be open. Very good. Miko, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm traveling tomorrow, so it's it's a great timing. It's a great timing to go tomorrow to, to vacations and just have the, the right mindset to enjoy it. Um, I appreciate it very much, my friend. I know if you have any, any final words, anything you want to share with the audience. No, Matteo, look, it's been an, an interesting dialogue. Um, I, even when I met you here uh, last time in New York, has been also for me is uh, very, very interesting to talk to you. And this platform gave me definitely also to reflect, right? Definitely when we close this call or the, the, this podcast, it's going to give me a lot of thought, a lot of memory, a lot of legacy that, that I need to think about. And that is, is brilliant. So thank you very much to you. Till the next time. Thank you very much, Matteo. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon.